Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, what the fuckers? Um, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everybody. Oh, no. What's up? I'm oh, Sam. This is already... I'm George. Welcome to Stradio Lab, maybe. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to tell at this point what this podcast is called. This is the third time we've recorded, and each time we only get more and more confused on our point of view and focus. We see a rigid definition, and we go, absolutely not. We shatter it immediately. <laughs> And then we start from scratch. You know, naming a podcast is one of the easiest things on earth. And because it's so easy, it's actually hard. In some ways, this podcast is a season-long <laughs> narrative, <laughs> strict, very scripted podcast you about tell... the naming of the podcast. Yeah. I think the screenplay, is it still a screenplay if it's a scripted podcast? Mm-hmm. Whatever. The hardcover of yeah. the screenplay is going to be flying off the damn show. Yeah, the screen and screenplay stands for <laughs> podcast. It actually is about how it's audio-based. <laughs> uh, so we, our options are Stradiolab or Straighter Things, which, um, you know, actually I got some input. Somebody... On my team actually said they prefer straighter things. Here's the thing, and I have always been team straighter things, even though I know why you like Straighter Lab. But I do think everyone I've talked to has said straighter things makes more sense. You're talking to some In of fact, the lamest our... people on earth. Okay, interesting, because our <laughs> guest, who we haven't introduced yet, is nodding her head as straighter things. And in fact, I would say she's not lame. No, she is oh, actually she saying wa- no. Actually. She's saying no. And we have to. She wants the other one. Yep. So there uh, you go. Well, see, that's why. I didn't want to have her on. (laughs) (laughs) 
So this podcast. Uh, <sighs> well, we unpack the rich tapestry that is straight culture and our complicity within it. Mm-hmm. In fact, I remember kind of being in a blackout and writing that sentence down <laughs> on our shared Google Doc that we now cannot find. <laughs> it's lost to time. It really I, is. I love that Google Docs are disposable. You know, you write them up and you just blow into them and they disappear. Yeah, they, there's actually no save function. <laughs> It's like an old video game. Right. You know? <laughs> and that's what's really beautiful about it. You just got to keep that tab open. So our sponsor is Google. So I if you ever want to write thoughts down but then not remember them, try Google Docs. Google Docs. It's confusing. Why are there – it is actually – I'm God, we wait, just made can a million I dollars. go off? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, we should have an alarm we play when we're about to go off. Yeah, we're definitely going to do that. <laughs> Okay, the go-off alarm is blasting right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so loud. It's ow, ow. Oh, God, my ears. It's actually okay. piercing. Um, it, uh, but Google Docs are actually really confusing. Why? Wait, is that what you wanted to say? <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is, that, is that you going off on Google Docs? Why is it so confusing? But for real, though, wait, one of my... One of my biggest pet peeves, have we talked about this, is when someone makes, like, a half joke, and then they go, but seriously, though, it's like just... Have some self-respect. Let the joke speak for itself. Okay. Everyone knows you're joking. The go-off alarm is absolutely ringing in our ears. Don't you think? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know what my pet peeve is when people are like, okay, I guess you guys don't use Google Docs. <laughs> 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 it's like, no, you just put out a half thought. Like, chill out. Okay. <laughs> Drag me to absolute hell. <laughs> Oh, well, the so... thing is, you said that after saying, I'm about to go off. Do we have the go off alarm? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I built it up too much. I, I, I'm, gonna, you know what, though? I, I'm not proud of what I did. Subverting expectations. And maybe that actually is like more funny than if you were to actually go off. That's true. Do we like our podcast? Be honest. What's crazy is today, yeah. I feel we are on fire. Absolutely. Well, you're hungover. Which is, I don't know if you guys know this, what's an aphrodisiac for, like, being smart? That's what hungover is for me. <laughs> an aphrodisiac for being smart. Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> you're hungover and I haven't showered, so together, <laughs> we're actually invincible. <laughs> I wasn't sure if I could make it today. You're wearing sweatpants? I'm wearing sweatpants. I am, in fact, wearing a Bernie 2016 t-shirt. He's been there. He's been there the whole time. George, right. I'm talking about, of course. Yes, I've been with Bernie. That's why I didn't go to the Women's March, because I said, nope, Bernie. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh God. You excited to vote? Oh, yeah. So what do we talk about (laughs) at this part? We usually um, sort of unpack what's up up with us. And what's cool is that we don't know when this is going to be released or what order each episode (laughs) will be released in. I'm seeing this as honestly ep one. I'd see us kind of little womening this and cutting up that timeline. And you've always had a Greta Gerwig thing about you. (laughs) And that's why I wanted to collaborate. (laughs) Did you watch her Vogue 73 questions? No, I watched clips of it, specifically one where she just goes, Manhattan. (laughs) But I don't know what the context is. Someone, oh, fuck, I don't want to. The question was, where would Joe, where would Joe March live? Okay, wait, I remember who tweeted it. Patrick Sullivan, shout out. uh, Definitely uh, love uh, to give a shout out to Patty Sull. Twitter friend of mine. I'm pretty sure it was him tweeted when – no, it was not Patrick Sullivan. It was Carrie O'Donnell, a very funny oh, writer. Oh, you're right. I saw this tweet. Love, um, super smart, super funny. Tweeted, um, hey. when I lived in Brooklyn and people asked me where I worked, and it was just Greta Gerwig saying, Manhattan. Manhattan. <laughs> 
Carrie, if you're listening, definitely smash that RT. This is going to be good <laughs> for all of us. Carrie, next time you're in New York, next time we, you're in Manhattan, you can make a quick We absolutely trip. have to have you as a guest. <laughs> this next guest, one of my favorite guys in the world. He's huge on Twitter. You're going to love him. <laughs> Give it the fuck up. <laughs> Okay, I'm literally Mark Maron interviewing Brad Pitt and Leo DiCaprio. I love this. Do you want to know? Did you listen to that episode? Of course not. (laughs) (laughs) Did you? Yes. Was it good? It was extremely good. I haven't listened to WTF in truly over four years. I think the last one I listened to was like Laura Dern, you know? Okay, that tracks. (laughs) Okay, gay bash me. (laughs) (laughs) You were going to say something. Was I? I don't know. Um, I think you had a point about like the Leo stuff. Oh no, I just felt like the natural the, the natural flow of this conversation reminds me of just how uh, how enjoyable that that one specific episode of that podcast was, and I'm now ruining it. Oh, okay. Do you want to know what my other podcast idea is? Tell me. <laughs> Tell me if this is stupid. It's not too late to change course. <laughs> <laughs> I actually think this episode could be sort of a <clears throat> sort of a um. Tri- uh, trial run version of this podcast I'm thinking of? Well, so far, everything we've done is, in a sense, a trial run. And in <laughs> fact, I think we are going to keep doing trial runs um, for, for future recordings as well. <laughs> Nothing is And just wasting our friends' time. Oh, which is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, the podcast is um, called, like, An Extremely Recent History, and it's about, like, 2015 uh, open mic scene. <laughs> okay, there is a book by Corey Sika called I'm pretty sure Very Recent History and it is about like being a writer in New York in like 2011. <laughs> oh, so it's perfect. Yeah, it's sort of a spiritual... So let's just rip it off. <laughs> hey, the best things are. And on that note, <laughs> wait, should we bring in our guest or should we talk about m- more personal things first bringing in uh, oh, my, oh god. my god shut, shut up, up. <laughs> <laughs> where george and i are talking go back into your corner <laughs> it's not your turn yet so george <laughs> how is your weekend oh my oh god, my god. no <laughs> my weekend has been good yeah fill me in i did another podcast <laughs> yesterday morning where i talked about my <laughs> Oh, we have one sassy guest in the oh studio. Oh my god, I today. literally hate our guest. <laughs> Lock her up. <laughs> uh, um, but wait. You no, another- all I was gonna say is I did another podcast where I, t- without having that be my intention going in, I talked about my asshole for a full twenty minutes. Oh, don't you hate when you fall into that? I do. <laughs> um, but that is. I think our guest actually does want to talk about her asshole at some point, so we will get there. With love. <laughs> well, <let's> not now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my I god, leave? chatty Kathy. <laughs> I think I should go. Oh my god. I, I can't hear anything. Wait, actually. what was your weekend like? Ignore her. <laughs> <laughs> it was fine. I, uh, I hung out with my straight. Yeah. I'm, for the fans at home, I'm, I'm addicted to a straight. And you know what? That is actually gay. Yeah. It's kind of a throwback. Makes me feel young again. Um, Sort of high school, college energy. So let's talk about that. You're someone who does develop crushes on straight men. Sure. I would say for me it's a much more rare occurrence. And then when it happens, it 
ruins my life. <laughs> but I've never gone so far as to pursue one. Well, you it's like playing the lottery where it's like you start and you're like, well, of course I'm going to like I can see like it's going to I just have to get these four numbers and I'm yeah. going to win. And then you're like, oh, this is actually impossible. <laughs> of course, I'm not going to get all these numbers. Yeah. Do you know what fixed that for me is when I was 22 out of college, the first place I ever lived was in um, San Francisco in like a large house. It was seven people. And it was me and mostly straight guys that were all in a band. Mm. And they're and they're actually now very successful and live in L.A. But definitely love to give a shout out to the Kings of Leon. <laughs> <laughs> But I think that experience of like, decent, like just me learning to just be one of the guys was very formative and that it taught me. And, and now I no longer, my go-to when I'm around a group of attractive straight men is not like a sexual arousal. Unfortunately, mine still is. Mine's like, <laughs> I'm like, I'll do anything. Just like, let me know. <laughs> like, just say the word and I'll do literally anything. And that's sort of what my deal is when I'm around them. Well, you know what? I think it's time to ask someone else about her opinions on straight men. What do you think? I think that's actually beautiful. Let's bring out our oh guest. Uh, un undo the lock. <laughs> Take off the muzzle. She is unchained. We have the one and only Marsha Belsky. Oh my God, finally. Thank you. Hi, Marsha. Hello. Hi, Wait, Marcia. so that means, so you texted me while you were at the bar last night to do this podcast. Yes. And then thought you were too hungover to make it this morning. Yeah, that's exactly. I knew I was being bad. When I was out last night, I was like, I'm being bad. But I was like, who cares? Like the, one more. You texted me at 1 a.m. Do you want to do the podcast? Is that true? I think it was that late. Yeah. Oh my well, because he texted me. I'm going to text Mar. He, he was like, should I text Marsha? Because somebody. Sam's like in the bathroom doing later. coke, texting <laughs> me, do you yeah. want to do my podcast tomorrow? In fact, this entire day was scheduled while Sam was in the bathroom <laughs> doing coke. <laughs> it was 11.59. Okay, 11.59. Honestly, honored. Honored you were thinking about we me were, at that time. We were, in fact, Sam and I both had planned to maybe. Um, Spent some time yesterday planning for today. Right. And then that sort of fell through. And then Sam ended up going out and then I ended up, I was going to be, I was with a guy who was in fact gay, as crazy as that sounds. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Boring, lame. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I had like, as we were having dinner, I was like, we're going to hook up, but then I'm not going to like, I'm going to not tell him to spend the night so that I can then like do podcast, like go on our Google Docs. Yeah, that's not for me. And it didn't work out. I can't do the like, let's have our little fun and then I get back to work because it's like, if I'm like just in like giddy romantic mode, me I don't too. want to like go back into folk. I literally can't. If I have a writing packet and like someone cute shows interest in me, it's like that writing packet's not getting done. I'm right. like, I want to go on a date. I want to somebody look at me. In fact, for me, that happened with just being invited to a Super Bowl party and not doing a writing packet. <laughs> yes. So truly. I'm forcing you not to do that writing packet. Which uh, one? I'm not going to say on air. Say Can't on say it on air. air. I've not done so much. But literally, somebody was asking me. I don't know one person that's gotten a job off a of writing packet. Now some of the Tonight Show people, but I don't know. Like, everybody else, it's like, no, my friend worked for the show and they told them to hire me. It's such a scam. It's such writing a scam. Writing packets fucking and are so And it's so, so much work. Like, I've spent so much time, like, full day job doing shows, actual projects that I'm executing, and then I have to somehow take four days yeah. to do my own research and write a script for like 
a Hassan Minaj like show, you know, like which I would love to work for your show. Hassan. No, no, absolutely drag him. Hassan, <laughs> I wouldn't want to work for your show. You can keep I would. it. I like the format. I like the format of the script, but I just can't do the research element because it's like in the writing room. I would not have to, you know, do my own research. So I don't know why I'm sitting here. Like, give me the YouTube clips. Like one time I did the last week tonight packet and they give you the topic and they give you all of the research that would be compiled if you were in the room. And that was the most fun packet I've ever written. Cause I'm like, I can write jokes, right? Give me the research for Samantha B. They were like, come up with your own topic. Oh my God. I literally wrote about the squad, the Echo Ocasio Cortez. And like, it was the most hack thing I've ever written in my life. I was so humiliated to turn it in. I was like, take it. Take I love it from those. me. The <laughs> first time, first of all, I can't, a lot of those shows are kind of competing to have me write for them, so I really right. don't want to say anything in right, right, right. such a public forum. Yes, but of course. Yes, of course. I do remember when the when Hassan Minaj's show first premiered and they did like open submission packets. This was two years ago, whatever. I wrote my topic on <laughs> police presence at Pride events. That's a good topic. Thank you, but I'm not sure that is kind of the vo- like they've. I don't think they've ever done anything. Right. Okay, putting them on blast. Have they ever done anything gay, gay? related? I don't know. Have they ever done a, sh- a, a an episode a about gay, gay men being attracted to straight men in bathrooms? Oh, they should though. Wait, You're I'm allowed. Also... You're allowed to be attracted to straight men. You're allowed. But it only... makes sense though. now, Sam. When you said that it's like takes you back to a high school thing, that makes total sense. It's like the thrill of like newly coming out and like being into like straight guys, like. That makes sense to me that then it's like you're seeking that excitement again. It's like And now we're in a I feel like our culture is like Uh-oh. very everybody going off alarm. Our culture, <laughs> <laughs> ding, 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 go off. That's what it should be like a voice that's just like go off queen. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, you're but saying our culture now? Our culture <laughs> in Brooklyn especially is like I just feel like if I went on a date with a dude where he like aggressively asserted that he was straight, I'd be terrified. So it's like most people are like queer, fluid. So it's like you could go after a guy who's straight, but I feel like in our culture, you'd have like more of a chance. Wait, of I do like the little... idea of you, a woman, going on a date with a man and then being like, "Wait, hold the fuck up, you're, you're straight? straight? <laughs> I'm truly... out. Check, please." I get disgusted. Well, like not if they say they're straight, but if they like assert it, because it's like I'll usually be like, you know, I'm pan or whatever, and then uh-huh. they'll be like, "Oh yeah, you know, like I guess I kind of am too." Like, and then but sometimes like there was one guy I only went on one date with, and he was like. I've never thought about being with a man. I was like, oh, you have. Oh, you have. The way yeah. he was like so like there was something clenched so tight that it's like I need to have the sense that, you know, like my last boyfriend that like you're friends with, like he would like kiss guys on the lips. I love it. Like it's like I want them to be comfortable with gay men. I want them to be comfortable with whoever. Our friend who, who you dated like Tommy. a year ago. Yes. Okay. Well, it's like if I like. Tommy, definitely smash that RT if you're listening. <laughs> but I, I like. Shout out to Tommy. I can't be. I can't be with a guy who's uncomfortable around gay men and who doesn't even have male friends because both of those are red flags to uh-huh. me. So it's like I feel like when a guy is like aggressively asserting that he's straight, he like hasn't. He still has that like toxic element of like, and I don't have any guy friends either or like whatever. I know, but I I agree with you, but also straight guys in. In our culture, go off alarm. Go off alarm. Go off, queen. (laughs) (laughs) Are now in a weird bind where, like, I know neither of those things. Like, they're getting such mixed messages constantly. So it's like, should they be? Because there's also the backlash to what you're talking about. I've heard many women I know that are like, I just want, like, yes, I want someone to not be, you know, 
toxic, but I just want a man to be a man. And, I like, know. I'm so sick of, like, these Brooklyn hipsters. But I, like, I blah, get blah, that. Blah. I hate that, though, because it's so, like, internal. I do think people are different. Like, for me, I feel like my masculine and feminine side are, like, constantly shifting and balancing so it's like i Marcia's like seeking... levitating i'm levitating <laughs> we have decided to ascend <laughs> i am physically levitating over the table right now as i say this but i so i look for partners where they have that same thing but i feel like some of my female friends who are much more traditionally girly who are thin who like have always had this sort of like hot girl life it's like then yeah they look for a more traditional masculine guy because those men haven't rejected them their whole lives. So it's like, I feel like I seek a different type of man because those men were never, like, I was never into them. They were never into me. Like, you know. Yeah. I'm watching Sopranos. And <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> talking about, like, let's turn off the go-off alarm. Time for a story. <laughs> go-off alarm uh, off. <laughs> story time uh, jingle plays. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Sam's sitting by a fire on a radio right now. <laughs> <laughs> I just, um, I always fantasize about being the little skinny girl and having Me Tony too. Sobrano uh, hold my whole skull in his hand. That definitely <laughs> tracks for you. Do you think that's why there's like this such obsession sometimes with these like skinny girls and like gay culture? I like hate that sometimes where it's like this like. I don't know. Sometimes I feel like some of my guy friends make me feel like because I don't dress up like that, that I'm like not part of this. So your gay friends? Yeah. Marsha, oh. this is not a space to critique gay men. <laughs> We're flawless, beautiful creatures. Right. I feel really uncomfortable right now. <laughs> this podcast is over. But I think it's because there's still that fantasy of like being the hot skinny girl. like, And I yeah. have that fantasy too. And then it's like, it just sucks because then it just leads to me like, hating myself and when I'm in bed thinking that the guy wants that and not me. Wait, hold on. There's the gay people. You're, I just went four you're different directions. You're being oppressed by both gay men and straight men yes. in different ways. But I'm not in being ways oppressed. That are, I'm, I'm just like... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going I off. Also, okay? I also didn't mean you, Marsha. I meant like, you know, one yeah. women. I think it's just the binds where like, we all live in the same society and then in these little niches of culture, it manifests in different 100%. ways. 100%. And I think you're absolutely right about the gay... Men, the male gaze of the gay of the gay, gay male. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. However, I also think it's not. Ju- I think what you're talking about is like one element of like the skinny, hot, uh, feminine, feminine woman. Yeah. But then there's also like gay men being obsessed with like a messy, like yes, o- o- older, you know, Elaine Stritch, Liza Minnelli. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So there's that too. It's almost like it's there are certain so tropes. Exactly. Though. It's like there are certain tropes that straight men are into that are inherently sexist in some way or at least like put women in boxes and then accordingly there are certain tropes that gay men are into when they seek out like either female friends or female like idols or or like yeah. divas and stuff and i know I, I it's not really it doesn't really bother me it's just like i'm seeing it a lot like in comedy and i'm like i don't I, I think, like, somebody called it, like, hot girl comedy. Uh-huh. And it's like, I love all of those girls. Like, I think they're all really funny. But it still kind of hurts my feelings that when they say that, I know that I'm not included in that category. And it's like, why? Because I started with men. I dress masculine on stage because that's how I was kind of taught to present myself and internalize stuff. And I like being hot. But it's like, I feel like because I'm not going out of my way to present that way that I'm like, excluded from this like fun girl thing you know what i mean but they don't exclude me like the people in it don't and like even the people who like it i just like i think it like triggers something in me from when i was like younger where it's like oh when you say hot girl you're not talking about me 
you're talking about those girls and they're thin and they dress provocatively and they you know i like all of that yeah but it still makes me feel like i'm like not enough you know what i mean like i mean it's also part of like the i think the way people have been feeling empowered to refer to themselves as hot in like a semi-ironic way yeah which i like is a, I, yeah uh, i like yeah it I, feel mixed I like girls I, wearing what they want to wear on stage and having people not discount them because of that like yeah. i like that and i just like i like seeing how straight men react to it and get really mad about it like they you know and like really mad they get really upset but at the same time i think there's something in me that struggles with it because i was always so taught like something in me that I know is wrong because I was always taught the way to be taken seriously in comedy as a woman is to desexualize yourself. So I internalized that. Oh, yeah. And now I think I'm just jealous that there's like these younger girls who are like, fuck that. Right. And it's like, I wonder what my life would have been as a girl who started comedy at 19 if I hadn't like done that to myself to fit in. And instead I had like been more open, like, you know, Amy Schumer, if you will. Like, I, feel like you're, I feel like you're, I just feel like you're so yourself on stage. Yeah. And it doesn't I, yeah. feel like affecting you. You are not in, in the trends. Ma- maybe that's not, you know, maybe internally it feels like you're, you're, you have to present yourself a certain way. But I, to me, you, you seem extremely free on stage. And like, I like who I am on stage. I think it's just like I, off stage, like I'm now like building my confidence and feeling like, hot and beautiful but it just like took me so long to get there because guys would do this thing well, we we're talking we we're going to talk about straight culture and stand up like guys would do this thing where like i knew that i was like pretty like off stage and like that i did okay like dating wise but they would act like that wasn't who i was so like one time i wore a skirt to like a show and i looked good and somebody was like "Ooh, whose legs over there and then they all look over and see it's me and they're like oh it's marcia like it was always that kind of treatment where it's like God. I so it was like reconciling those two sides of myself and I like really admire but I think I'm jealous of the girls who have never had to fracture their identity that way. But yeah. I also worry that sometimes like there's just a hard line with stuff like this because it's like, you know, it's demanded of women to be sexual just to exist. So finding that like subjectivity in ourselves like and taking the power back versus still just exploiting ourselves for the male gaze and giving them what they want and for like you know what i mean like mm-hmm. it's just a hard and line and i think a lot of those a lot of those <laughs> um younger comics that you're talking about kind of play with that pl- play with in, like, the a way, genius way yeah, yeah like with the way people perceive them which and i and, and that's th- what drives the straight men crazy right, like exactly. exactly well i got into comedy to meet schlubs and i think <laughs> um you know Hot comedy is a scourge. I, it is know. interesting. I will say, as someone who, <laughs> as someone who started comedy in Boston and in a very traditional, a very scene, ugly scene. No, that's not <laughs> what I mean. Disgusting. It's scene. a very dog faced. <laughs> and in, <clears throat> oh god, in my mind, the Boston comedy scene is like <clears throat> hideous, <laughs> balding in a bad way. <laughs> no, but it's like impotent. <laughs> It's like what you see if you see a movie that's like about comedy and it's like this is what open mics are like. Yes. This is what shows are like. That is what the Boston scene is like. It is very straightforward in a way that I actually found very comforting because mm-hmm. I could like figure out the rules of it. And it's like I knew that I would go to open mics and work on you jokes. It, you know, at my best, I would go every night. And then by the end of the week, I would have like 
a new three to five minute kind of thing that I could then do at a booked show, which was like in some kind of like best case scenario theater, worst case scenario, like bar or whatever. Yeah. And then I would like do those jokes. Every no one would be in any way dressed up. Everyone looked the same. Like it was very joke based and not character based. So like it wouldn't be people kind of like doing anything anything like playing with the forum in terms of like singing or anything like Drag that. Me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, people have done that to me lately. Who was I won't say who it was, but somebody I think not being aware literally came up to me and was just like I hate musical comedy and I was like I, I oh, uh, okay like and they're like oh it's just like every time someone starts singing on stage it's just like no 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 and I was oh like my God. okay to be fair I hate when I'm not doing it yeah. you know when everyone whenever anyone else does it, I'm like well this is bad I, I would say I feel it. that way about stand up in general yeah, <laughs> oh my god true. yes that that is what it when is when I do it it's like this is yeah. incredible this is an, actually an art form when yeah. someone else does it it's like this sucks see, why do we pay to see this I don't have that ego because my <laughs> mindset is like that exactly. if I hate it so much that they probably hate it too so literally every time I go on stage I'm just like and why would they want to watch this and why <laughs> why am I here why am they why are they here <laughs> and then my it is crazy that people just go to comedy shows I know the fact that like we treat audiences like it's like a Again? Unending resource here. I'm like, no, it's gonna run out. Like, but I think in New York, <laughs> there's like ten people tops that like comedy. That like comedy. <laughs> New York humbles you on that because it's like you start doing a bunch of shows for like four people, and every bar owner hates you, and every bartender wants you dead. And it's like, <laughs> then you go to like smaller scenes where they're like, oh my god, the bar we do our monthly show at is obsessed with us, and you're like, what? <laughs> I know that they're, they're like kind to yeah, us. Yeah, they love us. We bring them business. It's like. Yeah, but they don't, they're not supposed to, like, appreciate that. Like, they hate you. You know, we're being off the rails in a really great way today. Sorry. Uh, no, no, in a way that I quite like. Yeah, thanks for Maybe <laughs> that's a good... stepping on the brakes. Oh, I was going to okay, say, can I go I'm... back? I like yeah. stradiology or whatever it was. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I, now I love stradiology. Stradiology. Stradiolab. Stradiolab. And I also like straighter things, but Stradiolab really, really tickles me. Obviously, Stradiolab, I think, is more our vibe in the sense that it's so stupid. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's funny. It's funny. (laughs) Which is what we're trying to do. So we're trying to do. Sometimes not so much. Yeah. Right. (laughs) But wait, we were going off the rails. No, I like. You were saying it's off the rails. Well, okay. But you want to bring it back. The whole thing about this podcast is that we talk about making it while we make it. Yeah. One question I had is like, do we like have to do segments? Like, what's up with that? Thank you for bringing that up on air mid-episode. I think it was kind of... segments? I would love to do a segment. <laughs> do you want to do a segment? Yeah, because I just ramble, and then I get really scared about what I said, and that people are going to, like, take offense to it. And I, like, I'm really terrified of everything <laughs> To be fair, you sound really smart. I hope not. I mean, I used the word dichotomy. So when I'm I heard dichotomy, <laughs> my jaw was on the floor. When I heard you make up the term stradiology, <laughs> I was like... Okay, queer studies PhD much? I'm queering yeah. the word. I'm queering the word straight. <laughs> well, I will say one of the segments that is the easiest to do that we have is called Straight Shooters, mm. where we kind of assess your familiarity with straight culture by giving you a series of quick fire one I word. wonder, like, how entrenched in straight culture oh, I even God, am anymore. Let me Marcia, no, he's I talking. Like he's literally talking. Okay, keep going. <laughs> and go. It's my podcast now. <laughs> okay. All right, are you ready? Okay, you I'm just ready. Whatever comes to mind. Wait, what do you mean? Wait, I didn't so, let you finish. So, <laughs> you'll see. You'll see. Okay. It's like just instant answer. association. Okay, so, yeah, yeah. Marsha, look at me, Marsha. Yeah. Ross, Joey, or Chandler? Uh, 
<laughs> Raw? No, Joey? Okay, Marsha, no money down or 0% APR? Wait, what? <laughs> um, 0% APR. Marsha, pussy hat or futurist female t-shirt? <laughs> um, a futurist female, futurist female. Sig, Ep, or FIMU? Are those fraternities? Oh, Sig, Sig. Sig up. Sig up. She's a Sig up girl. That was the, the bad sorts. one where I went to school. <laughs> That's the bad one? Lavender scented candle or lemon scented air freshener. Lavender candle. Always, always, always. I mean, that's not even, come on. Um, Ohio or Indiana? Mm. Oof. Ohio. My family's there. Now. Pottery barn or restoration hardware? Oh. Pottery barn. I don't like the smell of hardware stores. If you're on a train and it's going 60 miles per hour, <laughs> are you like thinking about death while you look out the window or just sort of texting? Death, always. Young Sheldon or old Sheldon? <laughs> <laughs> um, young, young, young Sheldon. Okay, old Sheldon, <laughs> Not like that, ew. Uh... Well, I mean, I'm out of them. I literally Trunk or branches. <laughs> <laughs> Marsha, answer branches. the question. Branches. That's the correct answer. Branches. 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 Okay, so I think leaves are. Uh, leaves are by. By. Leaves are the frosting of the tree. Can anyone? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Sam. <laughs> Sam is so hungover that his brain is fucking dead. <laughs> you are, straightologically speaking, oh you are god. on a different plane. Straightologically speaking. <laughs> You are gone from this world. Oh, my God. I'm, like, really funny when I'm hungover, too. Why is that? I don't know. I think it's one of our nation's greatest resources. I think you're depleted. Yes. And also, then you're depleted of all energy and then you have like a cup of coffee uh-huh. and then you're literally just a human cup of coffee because yeah. there's nothing <laughs> else there's nothing else you have to choose between like your brain and your asshole you're, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah when i feel like fully like done like i'm just like okay i'm i'm a bad person that's when i can really get into uh-huh. it because yeah. I, uh, if you're like oh i want to be good today when you like, Text me and I know you're about to go off. It is one of the most beautiful experiences. <laughs> Sam, of my you never life. go off over text to me. Well, I don't know. We have different frames of reference. You Whoa. know? Wow. <laughs> like what? You don't think I would understand you're going off? <laughs> <laughs> Try me, bitch. Every time I like rant to Sam over text, he always just like replies like ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Or like, LOL. Here's the thing. I'm uh, When it comes to text ranting, I'm a total top. I don't like for people to do it at me. Um, That's interesting and true. Yeah. When people start texting me, I'm like, this is my private phone? <laughs> <laughs> like, email me, I guess. It's Fine, so I will. crazy that there's no... Um, <laughs> That the the idea of an away message is no longer. We should have away messages for our cell phones. That's genius. Why are we not? Why is everything a constant conversation? Bring the going off (laughs) alarm. Go off, Queen. Go off, Queen. Go off, Queen. Yeah, Why that's a aren't genius they going idea. away messages I mean, for phones? Can you imagine, though, you're, like, texting somebody emergency and you get a text back. It's like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> it's like lyrics to a Fergie song. <laughs> like, Fergie is hump. just. <laughs> <laughs> it's in that, like, cursive, like, bond with the stars and squigglies. I would oh love God. that. That would be so fun. And also hey. be the change you want to see in the world. Yeah. Yes. If this is anybody but Kara, do not message me. <laughs> 
you remember when you could set your away messages for like everybody but one person so i would like say that i was out except for like my crush so that if he signed on i could be like <sighs> whoa you're a hacker i never knew how to do that yeah there was very interesting you know the movie hackers starring angelina jolie is based on marsh's it's based life. on my life as a sixth grader on aim yeah um, that's another good point there should be more it shouldn't just be public and close friends there should be it should be like facebook where you have groups different groups, groups. because i want to yeah like because i need I a close so friends student. and then i need a, a a friends that i like very close friends <laughs> right i need a i need a actual friends uh -huh. i need people i want to have sex with that's what mm -hmm. i mean yeah there do need to be different categories on insta stories because there are some things where i'm like i want to share this with my crushes i want to share this with my friends who i don't need to look attractive to like you know what i mean because sometimes i'll be about to share something funny and then i'm like i wouldn't fuck me <laughs> i like don't share it <laughs> yeah it's i want to yeah like you should be able to share photos of yourself where you don't look good if it's funny without worrying that someone will see it uh, sometimes i'll post like a bad picture and be like this is good because it means i'm like really relatable that's yeah. something that's only psychotic? an extremely hot person says like i fucking hate you like that's like <laughs> All my skinny girlfriends are just like, it's funny when I'm ugly. I'm like, I'll tear your neck from your head. What do you, like, okay, so we're talking about <laughs> the topic for today. The topic is stand-up comedy. The topic is stand-up comedy. One, okay. Nick Nanny coined this phrase, um, the alternative comedy smile. When people post like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> like, my show saw that at Union Hall, but ticks at the door. For and people it's like, who are listening. For people who are, in fact... <laughs> Go on, Marsha. I, well, I was, like, trying to, like, describe the face, but it's, like, you can't. Like, it's just, like, <laughs> but there's someone specific you're talking about. No, it's 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 literally anyone who's ever sold out a show who does alternative comedy in Brooklyn, New York. Yeah. Sold out my show. It's it like... takes at the door. <laughs> <laughs> like, look how stupid I look, but yeah. I'm really successful. <laughs> <laughs> that is the entire, like, wait, that's actually so funny, like. That's the tagline for Brooklyn alt scene. Look how dumb I look, but I'm actually successful. <laughs> but except for it's me at my day job, like people are like, Marsha, you're successful. I'm like, I'm not. <laughs> I am not successful. I need money, please. Uh, oh, oh, comedy. I like that. Yeah. Well, it's like, it's just interesting how much like I, it's hard sometimes. Like I did this show last year called I Hate Female Comedians, But You're Okay. And it was like about like when I first started I really, like, non-gendered my jokes because I thought that I would only be taken seriously if I could have, like, a detached from gender point of view. Like, so I was political but not, like, overtly female about it because yeah. I thought that's how I'd, like, earn respect. And then, so I'd get all these compliments of, like, you're actually up there writing jokes. And I appreciate that, <laughs> you know? Like, and so that's what I came up with. And I was young, so I was still, like, kind of doing this guy's gal thing. And I took it as a compliment, like, but was starting to grow, like, eventually as angry as I would become. But, like, <laughs> so then when I was doing this show, there's a lot of, like, people who started – I've been doing it for 10 years – who started, like, probably about five years after me. And just the whole scene for women changed in this way that I'm so grateful for. And, like, the queer scene, too, because yes. it's, like, now, like – my whole I had like a Hanukkah party last year and I looked up and like realized I was like there's not one straight man here <laughs> like that's just the, the whole like scene that we're around now is just not that like there was a comedy civil war and we were like you know what y'all are good you stay over there in the clubs like in Manhattan but um yeah but these girls were like kind of like 
did people really say that to you? Because, like, that wasn't their experience starting comedy. Right. Their experience was not this underhanded. Their experience was people, like, in a way, going out of their way to book women in a way that's still unfair because then it's, like, they'd book a girl and a girl is new at comedy so she's not a perfect comedian and they're like, well, we tried. <laughs> you know, like, but there's yeah. there's just a lot more support, and it's just a numbers game because it's like when I started, I was one of like you know not very many female comedians, and then in, I moved to New York, and it was like everything I ever wanted, where it was like so many female comics, all of them, like most of them I found genuinely funny, some of them obviously not, like but name them, <laughs> and <laughs> no, that's okay, and uh, <laughs> but <laughs> so then it's like you know I just got to find so many funny female friends, whereas like in my old scene I felt like there was like three or four of us, and I really liked all of them, but you're more like forced together than being able to choose who you fit well. Where with. did you start? Portland, Oregon. That's right, I knew that. Yeah, so it's like. And also in Portland, too, like, you know, I like the guys I came up with, but they did have this, like, boys club that they, like, wouldn't acknowledge because they're, like, liberal guys. So it's, like, it's fine. And then it was, like, they weren't – I didn't feel very seen by them. And I felt like if I were a guy, they would have felt more comfortable mentoring me, giving me the spots, taking chances on me. There were two guys who really took chances on me. But, like, you know, the rest of the scene, I felt like I had to – I always call it the little sister that they want to fuck. You have to be the little sister they want to fuck. And it sounds so disgusting, but it is what you have <laughs> no, to do. I actually think that's really cool. I think it's good. No, but it's like, it is like what you have to make yourself because you have to simultaneously be sexually available and not. 100%. You have to simultaneously be like cute, but not too cute, you know, like all this stuff. And so it was like, I just felt so trapped and that I would never, like, I thought I was going to do the club scene, be on Tonight Show, like that track. Yeah, because I was I'm not alt. like I never did like character stuff like I hadn't been doing the music stuff at the time. The alt and mainstream. Yeah, divide let's is absolutely go. It's so changed. Sometimes like actually I remember Jess Tom talking about this because they were in some kind of feature or something that was like these comedians are doing it their way. Yeah. And, and Jess was like, actually, I am a set of punchline traditional. They are comedian. Yeah. Who ha- happens to also talk about like occasionally talk about like being Asian and non-binary. That's but what literally it was, Jess's yeah. jokes are very good jokes that structurally are traditional stand-up jokes. Can yeah. I go off? Ring the alarm. Okay. <laughs> Here cuz I think about this a lot, but I've also been trying to it's like I think so much about like the tangibles of this career and industry, but it's also driven me to the point where I feel like I've had to let it go. So it's like this is my last going off ever in my life. But last time I ever talked about it. Um wow. I swear. No, you but heard it here first, folks. Hit the alarm extra hard this like, time. This is the, we're retiring the alarm. So, <laughs> it's so like identifiable what happened, and nobody wants to talk about it or how it led up to like the Shane Gillis like public blow up and that what they called the comedy civil war, where it's like when we when I was coming up, like you had gatekeepers, and the gatekeepers were much more powerful than they were before the internet because they still held the booking power for JFL, which is a huge deal, Tonight Show, all of this stuff that you really needed in order to start working in the clubs to get your pilot you know, read by people to get to that next level. Those people were mostly men who got into comedy to have women as a reward system and to have this certain life that they had imagined for themselves in high school, like rock star life, but without the talent. Like, you know, where it's like they got in however they could, whether it was as a stand-up in the industry, and they loved their boys and the, and the women that would come with it who were mostly in the background, like who were like, producers you know worked at the club whatever 
Then when the internet happened and when you have like the John Early, Kate Berlant type of like alt scene that explodes, which was also partly on the internet because I remember being in Portland watching their YouTube videos and like that's how I had heard of them. Then you have all of a sudden all of these kids are like, wait, I don't have to wait to impress this person. I can just blow myself up and this whole audience that's been sitting there waiting for me that I didn't know about is going to be ready and I can build them myself because that was the best advice I got. Somebody was like, build your own audience and you can do whatever you want and then they can't they can hate you but they're still going to give you a show because you have your own audience and that's what happens so then you had like hundreds and hundreds of people doing this where they've built their own audiences they've blown themselves up and all of a sudden these gatekeepers whose only power was convincing those people that they would never make it unless they channeled themselves through this like like you said, like where they can't talk about their point of view in a certain way, where they don't identity politics bullshit, where they anytime we talk about our identity, it's identity politics. Anytime a guy does, it's just who he is, you know, and all of a sudden that power is gone or a lot less. And those people are freaking out because all of a sudden they're clinging to whatever gatekeeper power they have. And they've gotten desperate and insane. And they're like going on Twitter, screaming about alt comedy. And they don't even know what it is because all it is is people who decided fuck the gatekeepers uh, that's all alt comedy is now it's not characters out there like because it used to be caperland and john early like their comedy was not on the ground their comedy was like always like there was never a center it never was like grounded to some truth where you had to land the punchline you know it was just flowing that's what i saw as alt comedy but now i see it just as the people who the gatekeepers were always going to approve of and who are still going that channel and the people who have decided that they're not going to wait because they know that they can do it themselves but it's a lot it's just two different paths and this is like a constant cycle that happens where i mean the alt comedy boom of the 90s was similar it was yes. like again people saying fuck you to the gate to the Janine Garofalo, like yes like people yeah. like that i mean uh even our friend Pat mark maron yeah mark maron marky baby love then, to have you on the pod if you're listening in the 2000s same thing it was comedians of comedy it was zach galifianakis like maria bamford but even that that was identifiably alt because they were not doing traditional stand-up they weren't going up there like what's the weather like today now there are some of that's us who just happen to be i know that's literally my whole set it's but actually now, songs like, about the weather but it's hard because sometimes the way the shows are balanced it's like you know it is really hard when like Lorelai goes up and they're such a fucking genius and I'm having such a good time watching them. And then I have to follow them and be like, uh. hey, guys, it's me. So I was on the train the other day. Like and it's like so it's interesting how we've all been kind of thrown together just by way of the fact that those people didn't want us. I get so annoyed um, I at being like weird like people are like you're yes. weird and it's like i'm doing normal fucking stand-up it yeah. drives me bonkers mm-hmm. and it's like yes i have songs but it's like but that's mostly not what i do i wish i was weirder like i wish that well, i that's could kind of like feel float. yeah but then people it's just interesting because then that has now taken so much mainstream power like comedy central and the industry people are not going to the clubs they're going to littlefield they're going to union hall like that's where they're going to find people mostly. Mm-hmm. They're not even going to JFL the way that they used to. Like, it's just it, the, what has power has changed, but the people who have lost their power do not want to acknowledge that. Definitely love to give a shout out to Rebecca Trent if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> we get sued for a million dollars. Yeah, but I just, and I, that was like a long <laughs> rant, but it's like, I, it just, for me, having seen the whole trajectory of it, I get really frustrated when these people are like, 
oh, like, you know, Brooklyn, all because it's like you don't even know what it means because we all know what it means is just that. Like, Jess would have had to wait a lot longer right. to come up in those spaces because they always want to hold your head down like you're a kid on the playground, like, and keep you in your place. And me personally, like, I just got so fucking sick of it. I'm like, I want to do whatever I want. And I'm pretty sure that I'm lucky enough to be alive in a time where I can. Yeah. So it's like, and then they're fucking mad and they don't want. They make fun of people who blow themselves up on the internet, whether it's front-facing videos. Like, okay, make fun of front-facing videos all you want, but I see these, like, irony bros who are, like, so fucking mad about it. And it's like, why are you mad? You're mad because that person got successful on their own terms doing something that you can't see yourself doing. Get the fuck over it. Well, she hath gone off. Yeah, I'm done. I'm the sorry. The off alarm is is, is tr- truly <laughs> sirening. I'm just sick never of been people louder. like disguising what is really just like sexist, racist, homophobic resentment yeah. as alt comedy. Resentment. It is. I a hundred percent. Yes. Um, I'm of two minds about. I mean, the what you're talking about with the club comedy uh, gatekeepers having lost their power. I think that's like part of a broader thing of like people having less trust in institutions in general like i know that's like a very um (laughs) bernie 2016 you know broad (laughs) but it's truly like and that can be both good and bad like it's for instance yes let's say you know people have less trust in big journalistic institutions because of the internet that's both a good thing in the sense that like you can um, mm-hmm. pay more attention to marginalized voices that otherwise wouldn't be in the front page of the New York Times but it's also bad because then if people distrust the media that's shitty and then yeah. you get like and in a our rise situation in it's like you have millions of bad comedians exactly <laughs> I mean yeah. that's basically what I'm saying yeah it's uh, like everybody the, can be a comedian on the one hand like Guys, yeah it's good that there are it's good that there are like there's room for everybody yeah. as no but, <laughs> I gotta but make some I cuts say, like, I'm gonna be making cuts in the next couple of we're months we're making cuts this round but, but I will say with that Wait, I, what do you want to say? I, I hate front facing fucking shit. Can oh. I be honest? Wow. Can I be We're absolutely honest? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's like it gets the amount of attention it gets for what it actually is yeah. to me is like not proportionate. I feel like for the like, actual video, sure. They're like plenty, they're like fine. And then it's like genius. Some of them are genius though. Like I love Caleb Heron. I think he's so. Oh my god, Caleb is so funny. But there's also the difference between the people where they're only funny on the internet and the people where it translates. And I think that kind of shows. I think the front-facing video as a platform versus the actual video itself. You know what I mean? Like as a platform to launch somebody who has potential in all sorts of areas, and who just like you know got that attention from himself but it is crazy when you'll like see like lin-manuel like tweeting like something and you're just i'm just Please like jealous no i'm jealous <laughs> i want his attention every single musical that we do i tag him I'm like i'm saving a seat for you <laughs> and he never comes but i don't know i i get that like am i, I get mean people... am i being mean am i not allowed no, to hate front-facing I, you're allowed videos? to hate front-facing videos because <laughs> you don't hate them because they're women like it's like i'll see these bros who are just like like, the guy who mashed up uh, three, like, it was, like, Alyssa, Rachel, and Ava. Like, he, like, mashed up their front-facing videos and played them at the same time, and it went viral. Really? Like, making fun of them. And it's, oh, like, you know what? Like, I do think you're just mad that these women have gotten a type of success in comedy that you feel you're owed. And it's, like, you know, I don't resent them for that. Like, I think that, like, they blew themselves up, like, how they could. Like, you know, and a lot of those videos are funny. Like... 
but that's just well me. it's also specific to the medium like it actually makes more sense to post a front-facing camera video on twitter than exactly. like a clip of your stand-up people yeah. want that's the thing too i think it's the resentment of people like you will spend like a month on like a three minute sketch of video course. that costs like two thousand dollars and then it'll get three likes <laughs> and, then, and then it's like and if that doesn't happen it's such a surprise whereas you'll think of something funny film it right away and put it up and it will go like mega viral yeah and that's unfortunately how that's social the good media and the works. bad exactly like, it's just I take it back. I love front facing camera. I think I don't necessarily. I, think I haven't. The medium done them. is weirdly the message, and um, <laughs> I get it. I'm not. I like the medium is weirdly the message. Episode title. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I do think it's like a lot of it's all it's good and bad. Every aspect of this. No, it is, and the only yeah. re- and and that's why I'm a t- yes, good and bad, good and bad. Yes, that and like and nuance. Again, I will say yes. Everything like, is good and bad. Yes, fuck, that's is good it. And bad. Yes. Oh, I just learned I don't have to have an extreme opinion on things. I can just think <laughs> some things are good and some, and things, some things are, are bad. bad. And that's alt comedy. And that that is alt. Oh comedy. my god, that's alt comedy. That's some genius. of it's good and some of it's bad. And some of it's bad. That's incredible. Well, because I'll explain. It's like so. For Patreon, on Patreon, we'll list who's good and who's bad <laughs> of all our friends. With alt comedy, when it's bad, it's like awkward and stuff. But with stand up, when it's bad. It's like, oh my god, we're all gonna die here. Like, yeah. it's like when you're at a club and somebody starts like going off on like something horrible, and then you're like, and then oh my god, I love what you said earlier about how you hate when people do the like, okay, I guess we've never heard of Google Docs here <laughs> because I do that sometimes when I'm like panicking, but I love when somebody will be like, uh, so like death is scary, and then just be like silent and they don't get a laugh because it's not a joke, and they're like. Okay, I guess death isn't scary to people here. (laughs) (laughs) To watch someone bomb at stand up is one of my favorite things in the whole wide world. It's the best. There's nothing like it. It's so uncomfortable. I hate it so much. I absolutely live for it. When they're just sitting in it and they can't get out of vomiting. Oh my God, it's so I was was doing a show in LA at um, some kind of uh, bar and someone was bombing and it. And people just started talking over him. Like, it was just like, this is over. And I'm not going to say who it was, but it was someone who actually used to, who's like, I would say big in like yeah. the 90s. Like, ooh. Love it. Think of Tony It, it was obviously not Mark. <laughs> it was like not Mark Marin, but it was someone who. Louis Louis <laughs> and so then he truly was Sarah getting. Silverman. He, he was just like yelling, doing some kind of bit about like. It was not sexist, but it had to do with women enough that people yes. were uncomfortable because, like, already he wasn't doing well, and then suddenly he was like, and then he pivots. and you know, women, and it's like <laughs> you're like, no. you're not actually not saying anything offensive. It's Andrew it's just, Dice Clay. This is not. <laughs> so then, instead of, so then he just starts yelling louder and louder, yes, doing yes. his normal material, and starts so it's yelling Lewis louder. Black. And... <laughs> it's Lewis Black. Women. And then he <laughs> Am gets, I right? He gets up on the counter. He gets up on the bar. And starts no. like yelling at people and does this thing thinking it would be funny of like going, putting his face close to two people that are just talking over, like that are just having a conversation at the bar and kind of like talking at them Ugh. because he thought, because yes, I could see a world in which that would be funny as a concept, but like no one's on your side. Yeah. So it's just this like loud man yelling at two people 
that are at an ambush show. Doesn't that scare you when you look at somebody where you're like, you've had everything that I could want in my career. And oh you're my like, God, I just had that. Uh, I did a show with an unnamed comedian who <laughs> is like successful and was so bummed out. And I was like, oh no, that's the terrifying. goal. That's the that's what I'm striving for? No, that's why we have to put our, that's why it's exciting to be in this like time where it's like we can write scripts and we can develop, like we can be... I want to focus on like writing so much because then it's like, listen, if stand up falls through, I can just have a quiet life. I can just like have a nice, nice life. I had the funniest meltdown I've ever seen of like an old school comic was Nick DiPaolo before all. <laughs> Speaking of straight culture. Now, this is why we have you on the pod. Only you <laughs> have this type of information. Nick DiPaolo. <laughs> oh, my God. It was so funny. Like it was at the stands like a few years ago for I think it was for the JFL audition. No, it was for, like, Comedy Central something. And we had all gone up, and I guess somebody didn't show up for their spot, and Nick DiPaolo was just, like, hanging out at the bar upstairs at, like, 6 p.m. So they were like, Nick, do you want to close out the show? And he's like, yeah, sure. Comes down, starts doing all this, like, crazy, you know, like, millennial material that was, like, not funny. Because he's just like, it was literally so hack. He was like, millennials are eating, like, tofu. Like, it was, like, hack like I that. that. It was, if like, I had so one more person being shit. like, it was crazy. Quinoa. I know. <laughs> And so then it was bombing just because, like, everybody was tired. And and then he goes, you guys don't understand. Like, these kids, I'm not these kids that are just starting out. Like, I'm a real comedian. And everybody was like, it was so sad. It was the saddest moment I've ever witnessed in my life. And then, like, he had a full meltdown. And then, like, a month later, it was all over his, like, special about, like, triggered or whatever he called it. Honestly, cut to three years from now, me doing that exact same set. <laughs> I know. Like, mad about, like, 22-year-olds. Yes. I can't wait. I'm getting I made there. a vegan. Oh my <laughs> I god! I cannot wait. I made I made like some comment to a friend about like veganism, and it was so hack that I felt so humiliated. And I like messaged her on Instagram, was like, I am so stupid and humiliated that I'm making vegan jokes. Like, please kill me. And then she never messaged me back, and I'm like, oh god, Ooh, legend. <laughs> I love her. <laughs> I'm like, oh Ooh, god. Yeah, like have... you're blocked on every platform. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Take that power. Ooh. I she writes an op ed. Yeah, <laughs> like, like no. why Marsha Belsky is dangerous for comedy. <laughs> She is a hack who makes fun of vegans like she's 12. Like. Do you find that it's difficult to express that you don't like something because it's hack and not because you're offended? Yes, this always. Is so, I'm never like, offended. I'm just exactly. like embarrassed that I'm hack. Exa- no, not but not with your material. Like seeing other, for instance, oh, there yes, are certain yes, yes. jokes that are like related to gay th- for, Oh, classic yeah, yeah, example yeah. is people that are like LGBTQ yes. W T F A B C. Like, no, I'm not offended. I'm not offended. I, I, there's no part of me that's like, please don't erase other members of my community. That's literally not. But <laughs> yeah, it is I'm just, actually trying to erase the, them. I'm yeah. making cuts Sam's this week. Yeah. In fact, when I erase them, that's empowering. <laughs> Sam's erasing the G and only leaving the B. <laughs> oh, or people oh, are I like, love and, and, and I've, I'm guilty of this, but like. The joke of like I identify as X Y Z, oh and my like God. that is the entire joke. Yeah, of yeah. course, every, all of us have done that. At you some know what point. we Weirdly, I haven't. You can tell when <laughs> you can tell when somebody's new in comedy. It's hard because when you see somebody who's new who has potential, and I try and think like I'm so humiliated thinking of everybody who saw me the first like three years, and then also when I moved to New York the first two years, like, and it's just probably like, oh, this poor girl, and now they're probably like, how did this happen? But yeah, this I whenever can't they I do ever the... thought I was good at comedy when I, I started. I mean, it's I like, thought so I was humiliating. I thought I was, <laughs> I was so like, good, so bad. Oh my god! But we need to drop the like. I know what you're thinking. I look like 
blank meets oh blank. My oh my god. If can we just go through some uh, stand-up tropes we fucking hate? <laughs> I love Yeah, let's go through ones that I need to be still, done. The thing with I look like blank minus blank is it still is so common. It's Despite so the common. fact that it is the number one. I always one. do laugh, though, which is like hack on my part. When they, when they really nail it. Can I say a hot take? When yeah. they get it right? It's funny. <laughs> when they're like, when it's like, you really do look like that, though. <laughs> well, you know, it's a classic. It's like, sh- do you know that? Um, it's how you show self-awareness up top. That's why they sh- tell you to start r- with that. It's truly like stand-up 101. Yeah. Like, and it's how you know. Maybe say something about how you look. Yeah. Exactly. Someone I know that works in food told me that like you can tell how good a chef is by how good their roast chicken is, which is like the most basic thing you can make. And this it's is genius. Interesting. He's being genius. But that's like what that is. Oh my god! What's crazy? Do you I've guys, always heard you ever never a, order the chicken at a nice restaurant. Have you ever done a um, I look like blank meets blank? I, no, no, because I can never figure out who the fuck I look like. Because yeah. anytime people tell me, I'm like, no, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely not. Yeah, I I feel like in my I don't know if you guys know this, but I was really bad at comedy for a while. Yes. I feel like who I, was your look like? <laughs> I think I definitely tried to do like sort of an alternative take. Um, <laughs> <laughs> where I was like, this is going to be sort of a takedown of, of this, the structure, the structure yeah. um, which was that's um, kind of bad. what this podcast is a takedown. It's of a takedown the of the structure of, of podcasting, yeah. and the stru- and just the idea of structure. Love that. <laughs> yeah, uh, our podcast is good though, right? I think it is great. Yeah. I think it was up top. You guys were making me laugh so much. I was so mad. I had to be quiet. I, was like, <laughs> I could I feel that laugh. anger. You've yeah. always been jealous of us. I am jealous. Uh, <laughs> We're the hot girls in comedy yes. that you're referring to. You just changed our gender. It is. Uh, no, I like, I am. I'm not like, I think it's just crazy like to be the idea of being like a 23-year-old comedian. Because I remember. Can I just say one thing? George, I was be careful. I was so afraid when I was starting out of like saying the wrong thing, yes. doing the wrong thing, pissing off the wrong person. One time I asked to be on a show, and basically the guy was like, you're not ready for this show. I know who this was. Yes. <gasps> and also, he did not say it like that. He was way more rude <laughs> and actually, like, it was one of the most traumatizing experiences yeah. of my life. Oh, I have to know but who. But I'll tell you later. But it was, It's a psychotic story. It's insane. Um. Anyway, and then that experience to me, just that, like, be, being told that, I was like, okay, it's over. It's going to yeah. get around, like, the New York scene that, like, I think I'm hot shit and in fact I'm like just a new person or whatever I remember in Boston I would be so and I don't regret doing that but I would be so just kind of like timid like not just timid but like always trying to impress people in Mm -hmm. interpersonal situations I would it would take me a lot to like ask to be on a show like I I, I take my time I would at least go like twice to the show get to know the people that are hosting it and then even then send a tape to be on a but show. But that's I feel bad because I know you're supposed to ask for shows and this is what people are told, but I am literally like furious every time someone asks me to be on my show. Like and I know it's not fair to them and I don't hold it against the person, but I never ask for shows, so I hate being asked and it's like it's not their fault because that's what they're told to do, but I like severely resent it. It's crazy. This um, episode, I learned what nuance is and that things can be good, good and, and bad. bad. And I think when people are my friends and they message me like, hey, I want, can I do your show? I'm like, oh, of course. Whoops, that sorry. makes me feel extra pressure because really? I'm like, because sometimes it's like there are a lot. I don't know. Yeah. Like sometimes then it's like then I have to fit you in or I like. And especially on Stevie, it's like there are like these straight guys who I'm like friends with, like asking. Right, you to come be with all it. this straight guy baggage. Yeah, you got this whole squad. And then more club comics, and I'm like, listen, no offense, but you have the comedy cellar. Why do you need my show at Union Hall? 
They're, like they yeah. want both. It's like greedy. I'm like, you know what? You're accepted Greta. in that space. <laughs> like you're accepted in that space, you know? And also with like when you're starting out, like I, I do. It's interesting because it's like I feel like you should take what you want. But I took so much time to like try and get there and was also told like one of the main reasons I moved to New York is because and I've talked it through with him like we're still friendly. But this guy who was like a decently major player in the Portland scene told me I was nowhere near ready for this big show that they run that they had booked no women on except for one guy's girlfriend. And I was really fucking pissed off because I was like, I know that I'm near ready and i know that you would see it for some reason if you didn't think that i was like ornery or like didn't have the right attitude because if i were a man you'd be like he's cocky he's cool like whatever but they always thought i had like an attitude problem probably because i did probably because i resented the fuck out of them but like you but know. there's a higher there's a lower tolerance for that yeah it's yeah. like okay did everyone I truly have no idea who you're talking about, but it's like, don't all the guys also have attitude? I mean, pro- everyone we know, including me, has an attitude that problem. They... That's like, uh, that's why we do this. That's why we do this because we have problems attitudinally. Yeah, the two guys who are my comedy age, actually comes from tragedy. Like one of them, is... well, co- tragedy plus time, even. Oh my god, yes, <laughs> well, that was crazy? the missing link. Because <laughs> some people just have the tragedy, and then they try to make humor, and it's like time, babe. No, time. wait it out. Time. Oh my god, that is that is stand up straight culture where it's like a news item hits and then like five seconds later i see like three of the most unfunny yes, dudes making the worst yes. takes in the entire yeah, and then a follow-up tweet like just fyi yeah. this joke this is- was meant for my audience yeah. who enjoys dark humor yes. it's dark yes humor. oh we are going off yeah. here on the pod <laughs> <laughs> but i do it's like i feel like there's just this i don't know i have to try and distinguish between the resentment that was like not certain individuals faults versus like who, what I'm hanging on to. You know what I mean? In terms of people who told me I wasn't ready. Mm-hmm. But then I feel like it grew me into being a stronger comic. Like when I did this taping the other day, I looked around. I'm like, OK, I'm 10 years in. All of these other people, except for a couple of them, are like five years in. But instead of being like mad, I'm like, I feel grateful because I'm so ready. Like it's like I don't feel that sort of like am I going to be funny, like, anymore as much? Yeah. You know? No, I'm actually all out of funny stuff, so uh, I kind of wish I were I famous, like, two years ago. Me too. Someone, the best <laughs> advice I got in comedy, you'll get everything that you feel you deserve two years after you felt you deserved it. Somebody told me Whoa. once. Uh, well, it's about time for me then. <laughs> yeah, it's actually been four years no, that it, I've been feeling like I deserve the no, world, which is kind of crazy. But it updates, because it's like, you'll get Clusterfest, like, two years, like, you'll feel like you're ready to be on Clusterfest, and then two years after that, you'll get it. You'll feel like you're ready to have your own TV show, because you're already writing on a show, and then two years after that, you feel, and then by that time, you're like, I should be writing a movie. You know, it's like this constant... So I'm trying to just stay in the moment. I can't tell if I'm like, sometimes I'm like, my sense of self is so insanely high. Like, sometimes I'm like, but then sometimes I'm like, I'm an absolute piece of fucking shit. Why would I ever think I deserve anything? That is how you know you're Yeah. I fluctuate between between those two extremes constantly. I keep finding myself like, like, getting into little uh, bad situations because I'm like, well, I deserve the world. (laughs) <laughs> and then I'm like, of course no one's going to fucking give. Why did I th- expect that? No, but you have to. That's why. But, <laughs> but that's like your charm. It's like I'm trying to find that. Where it's like I want to feel like I deserve the world so that I can take the world like for myself. Whereas forever I was just always being like, 
uh, everyone else deserves it but me. I think what's really interesting about me is that I do feel like I deserve the world, but I also think it should be handed to me rather than me pursuing <laughs> it. Yes. Chase me, world. Chase me, world. <laughs> like I'm, I'm, I'm actually playing hard to get. Uh, like, I'm playing hard to get. Please make me famous. Like, I guess I'll take it. You know? Oh, my gosh. No, I don't want to be. When I was, It's interesting, like, how the goals shift. Because as a kid, when I was, like, this theater kid, I'm like, I want to be rich. I want to be famous. And now, Bernie 2020, I feel like. No, <laughs> I feel like and now, Bernie 2020, yeah. And, but I, like, I just feel like the goal has shifted where it's like, now all I want is to be, like, financially stable enough that I can pay someone to clean my house once every two weeks like that's the only type right. of money i want is to be able to like eat out twice a week yeah and for me biden 2020 i still want to be successful <laughs> <laughs> yeah i want to be a rich capital r i'm tra- talking vacays baby sam klobuchar uh, klobuchar gay Cloby, club nation rise up club 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 up club club listeners <laughs> Club Nation. Uh, Club Nation. Tonight we rise. Um, should we do our like final segment? I kind of don't Has want this been to. Crazy? Is that crazy? What's crazy is I don't really want to either. Let's but it's like, do, it. do we have to? What's the final segment? Has this been insane? Do you think people are listening? I to, like, kill themselves. <laughs> no, I actually think this is weirdly a good podcast. This is like a very good episode. When I rant, I feel like people are like, "Shut the fuck up." Well, George, I, well, George we'll, was like that. I wasn't. Like well, that. we'll cut out all all the parts. <laughs> where cut you're out speaking. my rants, <laughs> yeah. please. Please cut them. I think a lot of the rants you went on could be like sampled in uh, a feminist track, you know? Oh, like sort of like a Beyonce. Yeah, this is less a podcast, more of a visual album. (laughs) I definitely think it could be like, well, the dichotomy of hot comedy. (laughs) No, it's like we teach girls to shrink themselves, (laughs) and these hot girls today. It really would work. That's what's crazy. I don't resent the hot girls. I resent my own inability. I say, get out of my life. You know, I there have no, been. I have I, I started to talk about how much I resent certain people throughout this last hour, and I'm really happy the conversation has moved along has every moved time. On. So I have not had to go <laughs> well, down that road. I, I think it's also like weird how like you'll see there's a lot of like trauma porn on Twitter, and then it's kind of like it is funny, but at the same time, I feel like. Maybe you don't want to heal if you're, like, getting so much attention. Okay, Marsha is going off. Marsha, this is dangerous. Yeah, I've heard of trauma porn, but I'd much prefer just normal porn. You know what I mean? Like, keep your trauma away. Actually, every time I promote a comedy show, that's trauma porn. (laughs) (laughs) So that union half maybe takes out the door. I'm so stupid, but successful. So that bell house, ha, 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 I suck. I'm ugly, but I'll be in Vogue next month. (laughs) 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 Uh, okay, should we just skip our last segment? What do you what think? What is it? Do it real quick. Okay, this and and if we want to skip it, we could just cut it here. I hate cutting stuff. <laughs> I pray to God nobody listens to this podcast. No, it's we, <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> we don't release any of these episodes. They're they're private. It's for yeah, us. If it's you a listen, close it's, friends podcast. Yeah. It's just for Sam and his straight. Me and my straight. Maybe the last segment should be us always teasing a final segment that never comes. <laughs> <laughs> and then always messing with the guest. Yeah. Okay, no, we should do it. The final segment is okay, shout outs. Um, you know, we give a shout out to a person, place, thing, idea of something we love. Oh, and shit. it's, you know, sort of we do it MTV, uh, TRL style. Right, right, you got to imagine that, yeah, you got to yell and you got to imagine that your whole squad is back home in Ohio and right. you're um, blasting off to them from Times Square, baby. Got it. Um, what's Someone crazy? else start. Obviously, George is going to start. <laughs> no. <laughs> Max wasn't here. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Sorry to interrupt. You no, guys have no, another fine. guest after me? Oh, you might have gone to get coffee. Oh, okay. He's, I'm very sorry for interrupting. 
<laughs> no, you're totally fine. Keep this in. I like this. <laughs> this is raw fucking truth. Wait, hold on. I'm just going to say we're almost done. I also have his number. I texted him. Oh, okay. Okay. Great, great, great. Cool, cool, cool. Um, okay, and... Do you have one? Action. Do you have a thing? Okay, I think I have one. Okay, go on. But what if it sucks? It, the one literally cut it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, ready? This is my shout out. <laughs> What's up, listeners? Um, I just want to give a quick shout out to um the Lady Gaga track that leaked "Stupid Love." I think this track is incredible. It filled me with joy. I immediately saw myself in a pool in the summer. I can tell this is gonna be an incredible year. When I heard that track, I said, "Bernie's gonna fucking win, baby." This track—it's a symbol for the whole world flipping back around to normal, and even better than normal, even because we—what I learned in the Trump presidency was that Obama was also bad, and normal is bad. So we're gonna have something different. "Stupid Love" by Gaga. Download it. Text me if you want the leak. I love you. Wow, what I learned. <laughs> oh, what is it? What I learned from the track is that Obama was also bad. Obama was also bad. <laughs> but she did a lot of drone material in the track. Was a lot about drones. Yeah, it was actually a lot about war. That's where I learned about drones. <laughs> <laughs> from Lady Gaga. Yeah. Love. Okay, George, your turn. Oh God. Okay. Um. Hey, listeners. <laughs> I just want to give a shout out to my favorite comedian, Nick DiPaolo. <laughs> Woo! Woo! We love you, Nick! We love you, Nick! I think he has really interesting things to say, and I feel like it's just the beginning for him. One of the really, really top people out there, and I really can't wait to see where he goes. And also, I just want to give a shout out to Hot Girls in Comedy, and I'm really, really sorry that we've kind of been dragging you this whole time. We, we love you! We love you! We think uh, we can do it. I consider myself one of you. Thank you. <laughs> Woo! I'm, like, so scared now. Did I? Because I, I don't think I was like dragging I'm them kidding. at all. No, I think we all appreciate hot girl comedy and what they're doing. We'll yeah. also absolutely cut the segment, but keep going. Please, oh my god. Although I did like yours. What? Shut up! We're not cutting it. You're keep. We're keeping it. Go ahead. Um, what's up, listeners? I would like to shout out my late night panic attacks. Uh, Woo! I've been really having a great time, just having a great day, and then right before I'm about to fall asleep, sitting straight up in bed, unable to breathe, and I have to call a friend, and it's late, and then I'm like, I'm not dying, it's just a panic attack, and so I would just like to thank you for always gifting me with your presence morning, day, and night, and that's it. Woo! Thank you, India. Thank you, panic attacks. Thank you, panic attacks. Thank you, I have to, like, now I have to call somebody and be like, am I dying? And then they have to be like, no. And that's the only way I can, like, calm down. Well, well, <laughs> for me, it's just like my panic attack is late at night. I'll be like, oh, was everything I've done so far a big mistake? Yes, that's mine. <sighs> Which is crazy because I'm wildly successful. Right. So how could we that be? But now I feel anxious. What's up, listener? <laughs> <laughs> my shout out is always the worst one and I can never find my Mine's cadence. Bad. Well, that's Sam always does a really good Sam's one. So then good. I don't know what to do. And then the guest randomly always does a really good one. Mine's good i couldn't think of anything yours was incredible it was relatable and it just moving. is more i think the shout out as a form is so such a sam yeah. thing it's like, like it is exactly your sense of humor What's sure. up, that's true <laughs> and i'm so like weird about doing any kind of character 
Just because I, I guess I don't that. feel like I have to hide behind that. <laughs> right. I heard you do an accent at a Vulture live reading. Wow. Oh, that's right. I and did. I was so impressed. I said, George, you are full of little surprises, aren't you? Yeah. Follow yeah. well, George. Yeah, something Vulture sometimes remembers and sometimes forgets. <laughs> you know, that's what's beautiful about them. That's right. Shout out to Vulture. Hey, <laughs> listeners. Hey, listeners. What's up, listeners? Shout out to Forbes's 30 under 30. Shout out to everyone under 30. What you're doing is it's beautiful. It's so important and great. <laughs> you are. You're not going to change it all. No, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I think the younger you get successful, the better a the better person you, you are. are. Yeah. <laughs> I think so, too. Shout out to everybody who becomes a millionaire in their 20s. Yes, queen. Woo! Um, Should we just like end the pod or whatever? We need to end. Kylie Jenner is actually here for our next yeah. episode. <laughs> she can wait. Kylie's in the studio. <laughs> Kylie, stop. Kylie's here, and she's. Oh my god, she's biting her toenails. <laughs> <laughs> Kylie, no, not now. Kylie, stop it. Oh my Kylie, god. Kylie, with the videos are rolling. The camera, Kylie, the cameras are the on. The cameras are on. Ugh. We're we need to stop. <laughs> okay. Should we actually stop? Yeah. Love okay. You. Love nothing but respect to all our fans. Bye. <laughs> oh my god, I'm a psycho.